Welcome to episode 371 of the AMPM podcast. My guest this week is Lokesh Parajar. Lokesh is based in India where he's been doing sourcing for over 30 years. He's worked with some of the top retailers and brands in the United States and Europe, as well as Canada, including Walmart and Pier One and you name it, a laundry list of uh, top tier brands. He's done a lot of sourcing for them. He also helps e-commerce sellers source in India. He's a total expert when it comes to India. And we're going to be talking about the opportunities and why you might want to consider moving some of your manufacturing over to India. Plus, Lokesh has an incredible offer. He set up this program that brings sellers over to India at just a ridiculously low price to actually check out the factories, to check out the infrastructure, and to have a little fun while you're there. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the AMPM Podcast. Welcome to the AMPM Podcast. We explore opportunities in e-commerce. We dream big and we discover what's working right now. Plus, plus, this is the podcast where money never sleeps. Working around the clock in the AM and the PM. Are you ready for today's episode? I said, I said are, are you, you ready? Ready. Let's do this. Let's do this. Here's your host, Here's your host Kevin King. Kevin King. Lokesh Parashar, it's awesome to have you here on the AMPM podcast, man. How you doing? Great, Kevin, and it's been wonderful. Uh, I've been listening to your AMPM podcast around a year now since I I got to know about it, and really wonderful to have myself here as a, in the podcast. I'm glad to have you here. You know, we met. I think it. What do we made it prosper? We I think. Made it uh, prosper. Yeah. So I mean, you're based in India, in Delhi, right? I'm based in Delhi. So when I was a new uh, online seller cruise with Carlos as a speaker, I heard a lot about Prosper. That, Are you not coming to Prosper? And I said, why do I have to come back again? I was just like in January, I was in February, I was there. And they said, next month there's a Prosper, you must come. And I must admit, Kevin, I made all the right connections when I came to Prosper. Like online seller cruise is something different. It's like a week long engagement with like-minded people. But at Prosper, I, I think I connected all the dots. And I was, it was a worthwhile trip to come back in one, once, like almost a month back, back to back from online seller cruise. And then you came again back in, uh, in, uh, early August as well, yes. right? Uh, to another, to another event. So, I mean, this is a, that's a trip. I mean, coming over from India, just from India, from, if you flew direct, I know you took a, a route, uh, through the UK, uh, when you came in August, but even a direct flight is what, about 14, 15 hours from uh, Delhi to, uh, to Chicago, yes. right? Yes. I have always believed, uh, Kevin, in relationships. Uh, and that's my thing, 30 years of my experience. And I've been teaching all this to all my factories and exporters and buyers and anybody. I'm, I'm running a federation of buying agents. So we are talking about a lot of sourcing agents. Invest in your relationships. Don't look at short-term benefits. You might not get short-term. You might get short-term, but don't be focused on short-term. So when I invest, when I started this e-commerce journey, I looked at it right from 2018 and I could figure out that this is the next generation of customers and probably the future of e-commerce and retail together. And that is why I started investing and I figured out that if I have to be in the community of those e-commerce, they only meet in conferences, they only meet in summits. Uh, there could be pockets of meetups. There could be pockets around small things. Like when I was in, when I was following my wholesale clients, I figured out that all the wholesale clients can be meet up in an international trade show, like High Point Furniture Market or Las Vegas Gift Market or Atlanta Gift Market. 
So I was not going individually to their offices. I was meeting almost 100, 200 people at one time in a market. Mm-hmm. And in this, in in the experience of 30 years, I've I found out that markets basically are the growth generator of your business. So instead of yes. instead of doing hunting, you should be actually placing your net as a fishing net. A lot of fishes are there. You might catch one or two, and that's how I made my business strategy that if i have to be in the e-commerce business and i have to capture the business for myself primarily it was for only for sourcing then i found a lot of other opportunities as well and then okay then these people are meeting in e-commerce summits they meet they are meeting in conferences they are meeting in online sales groups i will invest my time there i have a lot of friends which i made around online seller crews and and i would say the prosper and my aim is mostly to build relationship i don't look at a business i primarily focus on will the people like my company can i add value in the place or a situation i am standing or i am even we might have some dinner together am i able to add value in the entire ecosystem it's not about what business i'm i'm going to get from here i have never had that in my mind and that's how i think brexter also saw that that i have a huge potential and a lot of people from the speakers of the august recommended him that yeah you should bring lokesh as a speaker in your october and i think that's how it reached me uh, although it's a huge cost to me but i'm sure uh, i don't take it as a cost i take it as an investment so i said yes to him yeah that's so a lot of people i mean I, i've harped on this uh, a lot is going to events is one of the best things you can do because you and like you said it's a long term it's not necessarily uh, a short term thing it, it's it, it can be a, a long term where you go and you might meet someone you met me and uh and in march and then you know we've we've talked but we haven't done any any kind of business or anything really together but then you know six months seven months later i'm inviting you to come on the podcast because we met again and so it, it's if you view it as a long term sometimes you'll make an instant instant value add you know right on the spot but a lot of times you know there's people like you speak a norm i've known norm since 2017 i think i met him uh and he and i he you know we've been talking about different things but we didn't become partners on anything until just recently uh, you know it took that long uh and, and that wasn't because um it, it was an opportunity it's just was it the right opportunity did it make sense where we could put each of our skill sets to use uh to for the greater good uh on the right opportunity so that's that's the value but uh it, you're known though what people are like uh who's this little cash guy uh it, it's your background is sourcing right i mean your main focus is uh, on on sourcing you've you've helped uh, some of the biggest brands pure one and some of the top you know all these big brands actually in sourcing actually in india correct yeah so my journey started when i did my engineering in 1993 uh, within a year i could find out that engineering and jobs is not a very good promising career for me i didn't even actually like myself to be on the ground with the dust and everything as and making the billings and estimates and construction thing and i ventured into the the one thing i liked about exports at that time was that it can make you travel and create new products that was the only hook i got when i was at an exporter's friend's office so this career looks interesting if i have to change myself so i did my export marketing diploma for a year and i became a local supplier to exporters right at the end of my export diploma they put me into an exhibition which was an international exhibition which happens now where 
uh, we are also part of the associate buyer programs and i got my first order and that how i got kicked up right on the beginning and i supplied to exporters then i transitioned into myself becoming exporter then i started my own manufacturing and all the way went up till walmart as a supplier from india when walmart started to source directly from india instead of coming to hong kong and shenzhen and that's how and again in that story itself i can tell you my relationship with one person who was into buying agencies and sourcing agent and then he was in walmart as a sourcing head helped me tag along and grow and by the time when i was in 2001 which pretty much made me a bankrupt in this in that sense because my whole exposure was in with us with tuesday morning and uh, oriental trading company uh, gardner supply uh, pa1 so all of them were retailers and wholesalers of of the us and my exposure to business was totally like went i i got bankrupt because banks stopped supporting us they said and 911 when when 9, when 911 happened in 2001 yes okay i came to canada to uh, and again from a relationship which i had grown with an exporter he said you are a master of sales uh, i know how you sell and you have been talking to and you have been doing business with walmart and i have a walmart canada opportunity that uh, i would like to bring someone and why didn't you migrate to canada and uh, help my business i said yeah i have nothing to do i have a 2 million rupee debt to pay to my suppliers that sounds interesting if you give me a good pay i can go to canada so next two years we could uh, i i built that business with him i was working for him as a marketing manager and i really got to know how the buyers work from the other side so all those years from 1994 till 2001 i had been a supplier and exporter working with sourcing agents a buying house you like a, when you say supplier it's like did you own the factory or you're like a trading company Uh, at that time, I was the manufacturer, and the exporters used to buy from me. So they're like packed shipments. So you you actually had a factory. You had a lot of workers in villages actually making the stuff for you. Yes, or how did that I work? I had factory. I had uh, earlier. I had people working for me in different places. Then I opened my own manufacturing unit when I was supplying to Walmart because Walmart has protocols and compliances. You need to have a factory of yourself. You just can't be buying from different cottage uh, villages or, or people. and becoming an exporter if you are a registered supplier with walmart as an exporter you need to have your own manufacturing what kind of products were they buying was walmart buying i was like- a garden accessories specialist from india especially with the product development side i had a huge strength you can give me an idea and i can create an idea into a range of product for yourself if you talk about garden i can create a garden product if you talk about barware i can create a huge range of barware product from which which is india's strength would be that i need to also make sure that the buyer is looking at my product when he's competing with china and other countries so getting an exposure like 23 years back selling to walmart has now proved so worthy for me even today when i'm looking at a product by always the mind goes towards the buyer and say okay as a buyer will i buy this from india or shall i try china or some other country and that's how i figure out which product to sell to my clients so was your factory this mostly handmade hand assembly stuff or are you doing molding and plastics and metals and stuff or what what kind of gardening stuff so that at that time i did not had any molding so all the tools and dies were like outsourced i used to have mostly the the welding side the finishing part the construction of a furniture so i was a garden furniture and garden accessory buyer i was uh, selling garden furniture to a lot of retailers 
So all those things are like raw material you purchase. And then if there is a tool and die or if there is something to do with molds, then you outsource that part. But pretty much the rest of the manufacturing happens within in-house in your factory. So then you came to Canada uh, when things went south, uh, at, when 9-11 happened in the U.S., spent a couple of years in Canada, learned a whole different side of things. And then what happened after that? So my wife got a hearing disorder. She was genetically having a disease, which we discovered much later. And we were pushed back in India because her genetic disorder uh, stopped. And, and asked, I asked all the doctors in US, Canada, Australia, Austria to, to figure that out. They said, no, because of a genetic disorder, you can't have a cochlear implant. It will be too risky. And only the doctor in India said, I can take that risk because I have an invention. And he actually got awarded by the international doctors community for that invention, where the implant can be also put in. And she was the first patient to be actually tried for that method. So that mm. pushed us back to India for almost like two and two and a half years when my wife was not very comfortable going back. Then that is the time when I switched from my product selling and a service to offering a sourcing agency service, because now I figured out where is the gap, what the customer in the North American market actually wants from these factories. So that communication gap, those challenges of quality getting 100%, inconsistency in price. So all those big misses which a factory can can miss when they're supplying to, to exporters or to buyers. So I, I basically converted that into a service business and I say, okay, now I should be able to earn something as a sourcing agent, as a buying house. And so that's what you've been doing the last... 15, 20, 20 years, 20 years, 20 years, 20 years yes. now is sourcing. And so in your sourcing for big companies and small companies, right? Everything from e-commerce people to still sourcing stuff for yes. uh, some of the largest well-known brands in the world, right? In 2003, when I started the sourcing to till 2013, I was primarily focusing on big retailers, big wholesalers. And 2008, again, we were pushed by recession, like the Lehman Brothers happened. So that was mm -hmm. my first visit to to Europe, looking at business. I went to Canton, I went to Hong Kong Fair to, to look for clients. And I also saw that there is a wholesale market in, in Europe as well. But did by the time in 2013... Did you, did you go to those fairs or did you exhibit at those fairs? No, I just visit the fairs because okay, I am okay. not a product guy. So I can't be displaying a product. So I've always okay. been visiting. And I, during those visits, I could figure out where to get business, how to get business, how to get the attention of the customer. Because they are there to sell or they are there to actually buy from factories. And how do you make sure that they are paying attention to you? In 2013, I opened my U.S. company primarily to focus on small business as well. Because small business, when they're doing private label, uh, in that time, there was no private label sort of a definition. There was like sourcing from China or sourcing from India. I figured out that they have real trouble in getting me paid in the India or getting paid a factory like $1,000, $2,000, $5,000. I said, okay, I will open a company in the U.S. You can pay me in credit card. You can pay me by anything in U.S. And I'll manage all your finances from the U.S. bank. Because when you pay me in India, I can't pay dollars to a factory in India uh, from my bank. I have to pay them in Indian rupees. So yeah, that was the aim of opening my U.S. company in 2013. But I never knew that destiny would be that it will become one of the largest consulting firm from the India, which actually brings Indian factories to U.S., because I've, I have made connections and I, as I told you, relationship always help. I got introduced to two consultants in U.S. They have 30 plus years in business. They have been bringing Chinese business to U.S., setting up their sales and distribution, 
getting the whole sales and sales rep team set up like 200 plus people on the road selling their brand of the US company they partnered with me for indian factories so from 2018 we started to talk about this that okay how do i bring indian factories to to the us as a brand and as an entity in the us and that is where my us business and a us entity really got a lot of attention so for people that are familiar with sourcing in china or going to alibaba and finding chinese manufacturers or going over to like the fair like canton or uh, iwu or some of the other fairs What's the big difference between sourcing in China and India, or is there really a difference? What What are some of the key differences people need to understand if they're kind of new to actually venturing out from uh, from China? When you're looking at China and you're looking at India, first thing which you need to always get in your mind is do not compare unless you have an apple to apple factors. So you have to compare apple to apple in that sense that this product which I am looking at China, is it possible to be done in India? and then all your factors of quantity quality uh, factory parameters your own business ethics your credit with the factory which you can get from india or from the china part and what kind of uh, future business you want to get into with with the factories so there are numerous factors when you are doing a private label sourcing it's not only about one time buying it's and private label sourcing i can tell you as a as a hack of sourcing it's all about relationships it's not about going to canton it's not about buying one time from factory unless you are staying with a factory for a couple of years i can tell you will never make money the the biggest money and profit you will make is when you have good relationship with the factories you will face problems but the factory will back you up you will find a lot of inflationary uh, recessions kind of a situation but unless you have a good relationship with the factory uh, these things will actually bother you and maybe you make you get out of business because uh, your prices will be zooming so high that you can't even sell in the market so when you're looking at china and india first is apple to apple comparison on prices on suitability is it possible to do it in india or is it something which is actually can be only happening in china that's the first step i will say now when you say that okay i have compared myself and i see that this is the possibility for example home textiles in the in india can really compete very comfortably with any chinese home textile so if you are buying or if you are focusing on product which is into home textile category for example cushion covers table covers kitchen linen uh, wall decorations made of textiles then you should not only focus on china because the most competitive market which can offer you a price is india the kind of variety the kind of quality the kind of quantity the kind of business support which you can get from indian factories in terms of home textiles you can chinese factories can never compete with india in that sense so that is where you should be thinking okay if i am into home textile domain i should not focus on only china let me also explore india so these are certain things which i would say could primarily answer your question that when we are thinking of going to china how do we basically assess that is india also a good sourcing market for me Makes sense. What about the what about the infrastructure? You know, China is is seen as the world's factory, and everything is just set up. The, all the wheels are greased. Everything just moves pretty smoothly. Versus India is still playing a, a little bit of catch up there. I mean, the um, getting stuff from Delhi down to a port, you know, is extra. Uh, most of the stuff in China is along the coast. Most of the factories are along the coast, uh, either in the north, central, or south. 
versus India. Um, India is a big country, and it's uh, you know a lot of stuff is spread out throughout the the country. So there's extra logistics and extra things you got to think about. So how is how is India these days? Um, I'm sure it's changed dramatically in the 20, 30 years you've been doing it. But how is the logistical network? You know, the streets are crowded. It can take, you know, I, I've been to India a couple of times. I know, you know, dry, there, there's some new roads now that, that help. Uh, but, um, you know, it's 30 miles an hour, 40 miles an hour with people and cows and everything in the road everywhere. So it can take forever to just to go a short distance. Um, so how is the logistics side of things coming uh, when it comes to India when, uh, as far as moving goods? Yeah. As I said, when you are comparing China and other countries with India, logistics and your timing is also a factor you should take care. And that is the most important component when you're actually doing a private label sourcing that how much time does it take for a goods to come from China or how much time does it take to goods to come from India? What are the freight cost of the product? What are the times between the factory and the shipping cost? So these are certain factors which are very subjective depending upon your quantity. Is it, a, is it a 20 feet container, is it a 40 feet container, or is it just an LCL? But in the last 30 years, I would say India has dramatically changed. Challenges are still there. We are going towards positive things. Not yet there, as, as I would say, China, just to frankly admit it. In the last 10 years, we have made a lot of inroads. The focus now has shifted to fast production as well as fast logistics. Infrastructure is improving. As I said, we are still not competing with China on our logistics, especially when in terms of import duties or a preference from China to US in terms of the duties. So when you're talking to Indian factory, you should not only speak about FOB price, you should talk about CIF price. Okay, what would be the landed cost at my door if I have to compare it from China and India? And what would be my time frame from getting it from China and getting it from India uh, what are the minimum order quantities an Indian factory can accept against a Chinese factory as a minimum order quantity? So all those factors which can build in in the business of a private label, you should have all those checkpoints, just like a visa form. You should have all those checklists done. And then you should compare your pains and pleasure of buying from China and pains and pleasure of buying from India. But definitely in terms of uh, product selection, that is the core business, I would say, that will define that is India competing with China and are they comfortable in terms of all the other factors involved. And you said that that India is really good, and I agree with you on the, on the textile side of stuff, but it's also like a lot of handmade stuff, a lot of things made out of woods and even some metals and stuff they're actually good at. But when it comes to maybe electronics, uh, maybe that's an area that you might want to consider maybe India is not as strong as, or am I wrong on that? What are some other areas besides the textiles that India is really strong in? What are some areas that maybe it's a little bit weak at? That's again a great question. And I've been asking my customers who have been, I've been serving uh, Oriental Trading Company for almost 17 years now. Uh, they're a catalog company. Then I am serving almost seven years as a wholesaler, which is a very niche, high-end furniture. And during our conversation when they're in India, I said, why do you come to India? Like you, you're buying so much from China, you're buying so much from Vietnam and other countries. But what brings you to India? I know it's only maybe 10% or 15% or 20% of a business, but why also that business? And this, they always say that the kind of innovation, the kind of mixed material, the kind of challenges which Indian product can actually put us in front, that makes us very interesting. For example, uh, I have a lighting buyer and... Uh, 
India is no way competing with China when you're talking about uh, uh, very commercial lighting or LED lighting. But if you're doing a home decor table lamp or if you're doing a Christmas ornament with lighting or LED, Indian factories can import all the LEDs which are very cheap to import from from China to India, get them incorporated in your lighting and then you, you have a plethora of products, uh, a variety of product with the wood and metal, with wood and textile, with wood and, uh, and metal or something mixed together with latest technology. So that is where India stands out. As I said in the beginning, don't just compare apple to apple. You need to also figure out where is the strength for Indian material, which material I'm going to use to make it a final product. And if it is easily available in China, for example, socks, the, the socks, which is uh, like worn by almost every human being. India can never compete in socks from India. With China having a huge big town, which creates thousands and thousands of SQs of different kind of socks, we have pretty much very small segment of people. Now, when I was at a trade fair and I saw an Indian, South Indian company displaying socks and it was primarily all the designs, which I can say is going on North America, I had to stop. And I, I said, I need five minutes from you because you're displaying so many socks items, which are primarily North American designs and you're from South India. So my first question and the last question is, are you able to compete with China? And they said, yes. If you give me a quantity of 500 plus pairs, I can guarantee you I'll beat China in your prices. I was really surprised. So these are the certain things which you can only get when you're at the trade fairs. When you are at the ground visiting international trade shows, you'll see a nice factory. We don't have a socks industry. So I'm not sure if you were really a socks guy as a brand and you sell a lot of good quality socks, Again, India would be maybe 10% of your business. 90% still will be your China. But to add a variety and to, to get what India can bring, then only it makes sense to come to India. So you're saying that's good for maybe adding a different kind of variation using a little bit different materials or different different style. India can be a good choice uh, yes. to supplement what you may be getting elsewhere. So are you seeing with the labor in China has skyrocketed. The middle class has skyrocketed. The, the labor cost has skyrocketed. So a lot of Chinese factories are 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 diversifying out of China. They're they're building factories in Vietnam. They're building factories in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, and and what about in India? Are there uh, they have you know Chinese? There's Chinese factories in Italy making quote unquote made in Italy things. So it's all made by Chinese factories and Chinese workers in Italy. Um, are they doing that in India as well, or 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 no? In the last ten years, the so if I calculate my profession of thirty years, uh, the first twenty years, we were around twenty to twenty five percent expensive than China. Right now, with the labor costs still not expensive in India, while China's labor cost has risen a lot, I would say we are just about five or ten percent expensive, or maybe at par with Chinese prices, just because of the labor cost. Indian labor cost has not risen that much. It might have gone from $120 to maybe $150 or, or maybe from $150 to max $200 a month. So so the average worker in a factory is making $150 to $200 per month in India. An average an average labor uh, who says like hard work of eight okay. hours, they come to the factory, they sit on the, on the tables and, and do some work. It's around $200. Five days or six days a week? Six days a week. So okay, so it's like the old Chinese nine to nine, nine nine six, 
9 to 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. six days a week. It's similar to no, something. It's similar. eight hours. So when they do four yeah, hours, okay. uh, you can count three hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. They get fifty percent extra for four hours. Okay. And what about like in China? It's it's huge to act, like you said talking about relationships, going to shows and finding out things. But in China, one of the biggest things you can do is go visit your factory, visit and have dinner. Uh, you know, it's that FaceTime, that face to face, and have sit down and have dinner with with the uh, the owner of the factory. And a lot of times that can lead to priority treatment. It can lead to re- increased terms or credits or whatever. Is the same the case in India? Is if you're doing business in India, is it wise to get your butt on a plane, get over there, and actually meet the people on the ground and uh, to, to give you a competitive advantage? I would definitely say yes to it. Just like I told you, I am now targeting or, or focusing on e-commerce players. I can't be doing business when I'm sitting in India and just talking to Kevin or Norm or, or Carlos or Amy online. I have to be with them. I have to meet them in the, in summits or, or anywhere at any platform or maybe the, the Rob as, as Gatita, Rob Stanley, I have great conversation with him. I have a great relationship with his, him and his wife. That can only happen when you're actually on the ground, when you when you guys are actually sitting in a coffee shop or you are on, a, on an online seller course together for seven days. Similarly, when you are coming to source, I would say you should never think of uh, uh, this as a cost. Your trip to India or China is actually investment. You have to make it. If you want to build a big business which can run for 15, 20, or maybe 30 years with factories. So this investment of traveling to the fairs and meeting the factories, maybe uh, pinpointing a shortlisting people from the trade fair. And then from tomorrow, next year onward, you can uh, shortlist which are the factories I need to really visit. That is a must for your for your private label business. It has well, the problem with a lot of Westerners and a lot of sellers in Europe and the U.S. is they're scared. They're scared to go to China. They're scared to go to India. They're like, what if I don't like the food? Is it safe? Is it, uh, you know, is it's dirty or it's this or that? And what they don't realize is that places like China, China is more modern than the United States in a lot of ways. I mean, China has its backwards areas, but in a lot of ways, China is far ahead of the United States and Europe when it comes to modernization. And India is on its way. Uh, India is, you know, it's behind, but it's on its way. And the, it, just by going and, and you understand those cultures too. You understand the people, you understand their food, the way they're living, and it gives you empathy. And it's not just about meeting the factories and, and, and making those connections, but it's also, it's just, it's good for you as a human being to actually get out and, and see, I mean, India, uh, you know, I wrote about this in uh, a few months ago in the, in my newsletter, uh, you know, I featured, featured India and India is colorful. You know, it's, it's an amazing place. It's, for a lot of Westerners, it's love it or hate it. It's extreme wealth next to extreme poverty. You know, one minute you're stepping over poop in the road, and the next minute you're walking on some of the best marble you've ever seen. Uh, and, and the history there and the people, um, the, the colors, the smells, the sounds, it's just it's an amazing, cool place in the diversity of India. From Delhi, you know, the big cosmopolitan city, to going down to the Kerala backwaters, to Goa, to, you know, you go all, all around India – it's an amazing place. And that's something I think everybody, if you're going to be sourcing there, you need to, like you just said, it's an investment that you need to make because it might not pay off immediately right that day, but it's going to pay off down the road. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I don't have five grand or 10 grand or whatever to, you know, get, get on an airplane, pay the hotel. And 
who's going to hold my, I don't know if I speak the language. Yeah, they speak some English in, in China and in India. The, a lot of people speak English, but it's hard to understand. What if I get lost? Or um, So I know you have a trip that you put together and you have, you know, there's a couple different trips out there um, and they're, they're all great, but yours is a little bit un, unique in, a, in the sense that you've figured out like, hey, let's take down all the barriers to people wanting to come to India and for basically a thousand dollars, you've 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 got factories and the government to actually supplement you coming to India because India is trying to boost their trade. So you've worked out with you through your connections over the last thirty years, and you know you know everybody next to God in India. So you're able to make all these uh, connections and say, hey, look, let's bring some e-com sellers over. Um, let's take down all the barriers where they can say, I don't have the money, uh, to, or I'm not going to be taken care of, or how do I know it's safe? And you bring them over for a week. And it's cost a thousand dollars, and for a thousand dollars, that includes your airfare on Air India, I think, uh, from the U.S. That includes your hotels and nice, you know, deep and good, good quality hotels. You include someone taking you around, a little bit of tourist stuff, and you meet factories and you meet everybody, and it, you're not under any obligation to make a deal. I mean, it's not, uh, you know, it's it's not under. You don't have to leave there and make a deal. I mean, if you don't find the stuff you're looking for. Uh, enjoy your time and you learn something. How are you able to put that together? Can you talk about that that uh, trip that you do a little bit there? That I know you do it a couple times a year. You probably have another one coming up here in 2024. Um, but tell me a little bit more about that. Sure. So when I was in the business and uh, I've been a community guy, uh, uh, Kevin, we must have known each other almost now a year when we met meet again. Uh, I have always thought that how do we help the community? Uh, I am involved with a lot of my social uh, community work in my in government of Delhi and government of India. So when I was pretty much established in my business, I thought we never had a federation or an association of sourcing agents. Why? Like every exporters from a different town, they have uh, city export associations, they have national associations, they have every retailers have their association, everybody has their association. But why not sourcing agent never had an association? And that thought was somewhere there down the line with me ever since I started my business. I've seen how America works. I've seen how India works. And lobbying is always there. Uh, you have a lot of common problems which you need to take care. And unless you are a community, nobody can listen to you. Even politicians will not listen to you if you're only one guy. So if you are 100 people, then maybe somebody will take advantage, uh, attention to your issues. So we started the Federation of Buying Agents in 2014 as an idea. By 16, we had 76 sourcing agents joined in the WhatsApp group where we were only helping find good factories, saying hello to everyone, with close uh, connections and getting some four or five people getting together. But by 2016, it was a strong demand from all those people that let's collaborate and build a society, uh, a formal society where sourcing agents can come in and solve their problems. So in 2018, like it took us two years to evolve that we started the non-for-profit society called Federation of Buying Agents, which is a pan-India sourcing agent network of close to 789 members now across India, freelancers, uh, buying agencies, big buying houses, Lijon offices, they're all our members. And we formalized this as an association of three Gs, like G as a growth of your business, G as your grievances to manage, and G as generation of opportunities for your business. So that was the idea as a thought leader I had. And it was my present message actually when I was uh, uh, elected as a, as a founder president of the organization. 
But where are the areas we should be focusing on? So first area is to grow more buying agents or grow your business in terms of structure. A lot of problem happens. It's a it's a trust based business. If Kevin has to source some something from India and he's taking a service of a sourcing agent, he's basically putting your dollars in somebody's hand. In my mind, in my capability, that okay, Kevin, buy this product. You will be easy to sell. And this factory will be the one right factory for you. I'll manage the factory for you while you focus on sales. So it's more of the capability. So we work in the growth area where buying agents are primarily handholded with a lot of issues, vendor management, contracts. How do you deal with customers? How do you deal with employees? How do you scale your business? So all those things are taken care. We are mentoring process for our, our new members. That area. The generation of opportunities is where this hosted buy program, which you just mentioned, came in being. At once the e-commerce sellers, the retailers, the wholesalers are visiting India, all these trade fair organizations, export councils, they are primarily promoting and paying incentives to government, uh, paying incentives to the buyers to bring business to exporters of product, but they are not placing sourcing community or sourcing consultant community as a person to meet the buyers. They treat us as an arm of a buyer. A representative of the buying community, and they host us in their trade shows in India as a buyer. But my member will never get an access to any ex- buyer which is visiting a trade show. That is where we said, okay, we will host our own trade show, and we will pay what the government is paying to because of the export promotion fund they have. We'll pay it from our own pocket. So, and if we get help from government, that's fine. If we don't get help. Let us build a community of exporters, service providers like freight forwarders, logistics, packaging company, testing companies, accounting companies, and a lot of service providers are involved. Where the market for them is exporters and buyers and buying agents, and create an ecosystem where we can incentivize the buyer that you should explore India. And that thought actually came, and I'm thankful to Carlos for that. When I was an online seller cruise, I was never hosting it at nine ninety nine dollars. Earlier we were doing from 2018 that if a buyer is coming to India and he wants us to host them, we'll give them a hotel, we'll give them support on on ground, and we'll we'll offer them a meeting with sourcing agent. They can choose a sourcing agent. If they don't choose, federation will just hire a cab and and one person from the federation will volunteer and uh, figure out where they want to go. But on the online seller cruise uh, last uh, last year, like this year itself. I said, okay, if I have to tap e-commerce industry, they are not the people who will invest six thousand uh, dollars, which was which is happening in the market. That there are people who are charging six thousand dollars that bring e-commerce sellers to India. I said, I don't think so. I should be a one guy who should be spending six thousand dollars to bring uh, uh, bring me to India and look at uh, product which I might not even be interested in because most likely India would still be ten or twenty percent of my business if I am doing private label sourcing. I would be more inclined to China. So, how do I make it attractive, and also take care of the interest of my sourcing agent members? So that's how we figured out a way. Uh, okay, I will bring this business to to sellers that you only pay nine ninety nine dollars, while the entire five thousand dollars of the incentive which we are offering, including flight ticket, will be equally amortized and contributed by exporters and buying agents. So, only one condition which we put on the e commerce seller is that the first day when you arrive. Like overnight, uh, Amy came. Actually, Amy Vs came just for the experience, and I'm sure she's she was happy. You, you arrive at any of the time during the afternoon, night, or whatever you stay. 
no you just relax next morning is the first day when you do a hosted bar program b2b exhibition where you are required to meet 5 to 7 sourcing agents you can uh, no commitment to sell or, or to appoint any sourcing agent but just just meet them uh, they should be able to sell their business and services to you uh, you should be asking them question and you should figure out whether i require a sourcing agent in india or not maybe in in, in future i might not i might require you just take the contacts and then you have 25 to 50 exporters displaying product depending on your you have filled a form of the registration on our website you have given us the priority of your product to source you can also say i don't know what to bring from india so we can figure that out for yourself and we bring 25 to 50 exporters in a b2b display of product and you will be spending the whole day talking to the exporters figuring out what you want to buy the federation support staff will be with you for all the time right from the day or, or the time when you arrive at delhi airport there is somebody with you at every time the only time you need to take your credit card out is only when you are trying to shop or or doing something which is not in business which you your your personal choice you, you want to go to disco you want to go to a party that's the only way you pay for yourself otherwise all your food all your hotel all your b2b exhibition all your trip is all accounted for in that 999 dollars so first day is is the one which is actually paid for second and third day you should figure out you want to go to a trade fair or you want to meet any of these factories or if you have appointed a buying agent you can ask him or ask her that okay please come tomorrow and let's go to factories which you would think is good for me or maybe factories which we met today you want me to you want you uh, handle my business now so you can also work with sourcing agent if you don't want it federation will also give you a support to figure out how to go to the trade fair but next two days is all business we are not giving you any leverage in that sense so three days is all business now next three days which is primarily to look at india and all what you discuss right now india is a different country it's not china you might have gone to china but india is completely different in what any other country just like us was a new for me canada was a new for me when i arrived first time india when you arriving first time is a new country for you so next 3 days we want you to explore india please don't do any business go to kerala backwaters go to goa we we'll have packages for you which is pretty much in our budget where you can go to taj mahal if you ne- never been to taj mahal you can go to jaipur fort or you can uh, we will also in, in built uh, as per the mev's suggestion a trip to a manufacturing town as your trip in the next 3 days that there should be something to do with manufacturing across one particular category so these are couple of tour packages will be given to you you're not paying anything you just have to choose okay this is what i want for myself and all arrangement for your hotel for your flights for your train for your uh, car will be arranged by the federation so six nights are all paid for you arrive on the first day you leave on the seventh but seventh night or eighth morning you should be back home so this is what federation wants that the sellers should get an value of the money our members are getting an opportunity to meet e-commerce sellers and they can figure out that this is the new and that's my personal thought as well that this is the new community you should focus on when you're looking at business if the business has to come from uh, overseas clients it's not about overseas wholesalers or retailers it's more about e-commerce sellers because now we have e-commerce sellers who are even eight figure and nine figure sellers and they are huge in in terms of buying as well so you should be focusing on that as a sourcing agent so that's the whole mathematics we have done and i i made mevs actually 
at the last day i showed her all the calculations and she was happy that yeah uh, in spite of all that we did we could still have some profits in, in our pocket in the sense that okay we could figure out all the expenses and the key point here is there is no minimum so we're not saying that you should be having a batch of 10 people or 25 people coming together then only we can host it we can figure out this with even three people or five people so that was a learning of the 17th august or august trip of mevs that we can also do it for smaller groups so this is how the whole hosted by program is offered to e-commerce sellers so it's not a, it's not a set dates necessarily like these are the two dates of the year you can do the trip it's if if you get three five ten people together uh, maybe your friends or you're in a, in a mastermind or something, you can organize a trip specifically for those people, right? So we have two months gap between each event. So we had one in August. We had one in October. We are doing it one in December and one again in February, then again March, uh, April of 2024. So every two months you should be able to figure out, uh, you should sign up now. At least you should be knowing that, okay, which is your preference? If we get three or five people together, and it's, it's a two-month gap. We'll just let you know that which month we can fit you in. And so, so just to be clear, it's basically a thousand dollars. That includes the airfare from like Chicago or LA or somewhere, right? Um, yes, anywhere in the U.S. or or anywhere in the Europe, wherever you're coming from, you only pay nine hundred. So there's a there is a seller which has just signed up. He's coming from UK, but we have asked him only for nine hundred and dollars. We are not saying that if you're coming from UK, you only pay maybe. 700 or something. We're not saying that because somewhere it's all mathematics. It's 100 and 200 dollars will not make a sense or make doesn't make anybody richer or poorer. So we've just kept it a standard for anywhere in the world you're coming from, maybe Australia, New Zealand, UK, Europe, or North America, anywhere in the in the world, you only pay 900 dollars. Okay, so it's 999. That includes my airfare, includes six or seven nights of hotel. Six nights. Include, six nights of hotel includes. Your team helping organize with the, the the logistics of the if you want to meet a factory or if you want to meet the suppliers or if you want to go to the Taj Mahal or do something, but is yeah. that extra? If I mean, like you said, Amy, when Amy visited you, Amy, we visited you. She you, she went down to uh, well, she went to a factory, but you said you could go to uh, Kerala. Kerala is a, a ways away from Delhi. Is that extra cost, or is yeah. that included? So, we, uh, so in the so what we did in August and we learned a lesson that. In this cost, we have to give them a tour package. So what we did in October and what we did in December would be that we'll give me giving you options of, of the places where you can go. Because when okay. we have a group, then we, we cannot have one person going one place and the second person saying east yeah. and the third person okay. said west and the south. It, that becomes a lot of logistic challenge for us. So we'll give you a tour okay, package. So, so a fun trip is included, whether if you want to make that a business trip and go to the factory like Amy did, you can, but you recommend enjoy India. Uh, pick some place you want to go: the Taj Mahal, the Pink City, the uh, you know Varanasi or yeah. Kerala or Goa or wherever. There's there's tons of options, uh, but yeah. you've got little options, and so the group, as a group, basically does that that, that option. Okay, that, that the idea is that as a group you're going and you're learning how India actually works, so that when you go back and if you're working with a sourcing agent or you're working with a factory, you should have that in your back in your mind. That yes, these challenges might happen in India. Now, some some people out there maybe listen to this and going to be, this just sounds. What's the catch here? This sounds uh, too good to be true. A thousand bucks, 
I can't even buy an airplane ticket for a thousand dollars to come to India. So, and you're saying I don't have to make any commitment to to buy anything. Uh, Y'all are hoping that you do. You're hoping that you they they find a connection with, um, and that's that's where the payoff is down the road. But there's no catch to this at all. So there's a commercial catch, and the catch is is a simple mathematics. It's nothing like a hack. The exporters of product they are looking for business. If I am a sourcing agent, and since I am in the business for last thirty years, I'm managing eighteen companies, clients. Like eighteen companies are are basically managed by me as clients. So when an exporter is displaying a product, and if my team is walking in the fair, they're looking at eighteen buyers from one eye. So they might have an opportunity of getting some business from any of my merchant. So when we are hosting this one-day event where we have fifty exporters and we have three or five buyers, but we also have seven to ten sourcing agents walking in the display, and that is where the factory says, "Okay, you are asking me to pay something extra, uh, which is in fact is a cost to me. If, if I'm exhibiting in a big fair, it's actually four or five times of what you're asking. I am getting a guaranteed." Time with a buying agent or a sourcing agent and an overseas buyer as well. I will be okay. happily paying this cost. So, so that is where they're, they're every cost, cost is coming to exporters. Okay, they're they're supplementing the cost to get access to the agents you bring and to the, exactly. the potential for buyers. Them, that you for them, the big business is going to happen because from the sourcing agent because sourcing agents will be in India forever. So they will meet up there. They will fix up an appointment to go to their office, and that's how the business happens. And then, okay. All right. That's, that's, smart. that's smart. That's smart. That's uh, all right. I, that's smart. So you're making, you're taking care of everybody at the same time and making it, making it a good deal. That's actually, that's actually really, really smart. Okay. Um, yeah. That, that, I, all right. I, I, I see that now. And again, it's also a lot of them are looking at it just like we said at the beginning of going to events. It's a long-term investment in some cases. It's you may not have a, a deal may not come out of that trip, but. It, it may come down the road from that buyer, or maybe it's not even from that buyer. Maybe it's from that buyer's buddy, but he comes back and, and he's in a mastermind or he's in an event and someone's like, yeah, I'm looking to source in India. I, I, I looked on Alibaba. I couldn't find anything. Who, do you know anybody? He's like, oh yeah, Lakish. Uh, you know, he's got, here, here's a whole, whole list of people. So it pays, pays down the road sometimes. So that's the investment that they're making where they can gamble uh, on supplementing this to, um, uh, for you as a and take a lot of the risk and the burden off you as a seller. So this this is almost like, it's a win win. It's like a a no lose thing for you as as a as an e commerce seller to to do this unless you just for some reason don't have the time. But like you said, if you're serious about your business, you know I, I had this in uh in my newsletter. I talked about um <clears throat> back in uh in September um, there was a. Uh, I talked about uh, sourcing in China. I wrote about sourcing in China, and I, I told a little story about uh, going to dinner with uh, some guys and getting better terms and stuff by eating this crazy food. And then I segued that into I promoted, uh, or not promoted, but I, I mentioned here's three different trips of Chinese people that lead people to China. And then I did the same, a similar thing uh, for for India. And I had a couple people, um, you know, that I, I send them the newsletter out to a couple people. Uh, to proofread it uh, before it goes out and just to make sure, you know, all the links are working and everything. And one of the guys <clears throat> said to me, like, um, I, I didn't like this, this issue as much um, because the, the action, the big action thing here that you're saying is you need to go on a plane and, 
and go to China and visit your factories. And uh, who, who's going to do that? Nobody does that. And I was like, um, I'm, you, that's the problem right now is that attitude is costing you huge opportunity cost, a huge amount of money. Um, just imagine, just in my case, I went and I had dinner in, I was in, in Shenzhen. The factory owner, if you didn't see the newsletter, the factory owner took me out to dinner serving all this nice stuff, Peking, Peking duck and all this, you know, stuff. It's this nice restaurant. And the next thing that comes on the, on the plate was this looked like a freaking slug, like a caterpillar or something. It was moving. And I was like, well, what the heck is this? It's, it's sea cucumber, which is a delicacy in, in China. And I, I'm not going to, I was like, look, I'm thinking there's no way in hell I'm going to eat this damn thing. It's freaking moving. It's kind of half raw, but I had, I, I knew like, look, if I eat this thing in front of him, this is going to bond us together as brothers. Uh, and, and it's going to pay off dividends in my business. So I took a fork and uh, oh. put it in my mouth and, and ate it. Well, as a result of what that, kidding, man. I, I never want to do it again. Um, but I, uh, I'm not, <laughs> I'll say next time, bring something different. But yeah. that, as a result of that, I went from 30% down, 70% when it's ready to ship, to 10% down, 90% 30 days after it arrives to the United States. See? I went from a four to six um, week, usually turnaround time when I placed a new order to about two weeks. I went to those terms alone with this particular product saved me. I don't, I have to go back and do the math. I don't remember the exact math, but probably saved me from having to get a half a million dollar loan, you know, to finance inventory yeah. and to pay interest yeah. on that and everything. So the value of going to whether it's China, whether it's India, whether it's Vietnam, Mexico, Turkey, wherever the heck you're sourcing, is you need to get your butt on a plane and go visit your factories. I mean, I used to do this back in 30 years ago. I was in, I was printing magazines and, and calendars and stuff. I still do some of the stuff, but and I would actually do it's called a press check. So you would actually, you know, I had a factory. I live in Austin. I had a printer in Chicago. So when they were making my my magazine. Um, I would go up there and do a press check and they actually had like a little room in the printing facility. Like it's like a little, like an Airbnb, like one of the offices was turned into like a hotel room with a bed and TV. And you go and you hang out there and you go to dinner with the, the sales rep or the owner of the company. <clears throat> and then you go and you watch your stuff coming off the, off the press and you, yeah. you kind of sign off on it and say, yes, it, it all looks good. Or no, you need to change the color a little bit. And people, used to do that all the time. And now with the internet and zoom and like, ah, oh, we don't need to do all that stuff anymore. Yes, you do. It's still, this is a human business. It's human relationships and it, and you need to go. And what you're doing here is, is a service. It's, it's not a, it's, it's a business, but it's also, it's a service to people to, to make it easy and pain-free to go over and, and look at these opportunities that could revolutionize and could completely change the trajectory of what you're doing. Uh, and just by switching to India alone, like, like you said earlier, it's not all products are appropriate for India, but the ones that are, if you can do that immediately, you just got a 25% advantage because you don't have to pay that Trump tariff that you have to bring, bring to us. Um, you probably got a quality advantage because a lot of times the handcraft and the, ha the craftsmanship coming out of India is not always, but typically it's a little bit better. Um, and they they, most of them speak English as a first, uh, not as a first language, but they speak English. Uh, more fluently, or at least understand it. You might the accents might be tough sometimes, but they at least understand it. And there's just so many advantages to doing it. And then you get a trip to go and experience the culture and expand your mind and expand. It's just, this is like 
this is really good what you're, what you're doing here. And so I, um, if people wanted to actually find out about that or like get in touch with you, they got questions or see how this works, what's the best way for them to do that? So we have a website of the Federation called uh, fba.org.in. And you'll see FBA uh, dot, the F- accent. Yes, FBA is a known, known name for e-commerce. FBA like FBA, dot, Federation of Buying Agents, fba.org.in. Okay, fba.org.in. Yeah. If you go to fba.org.in, uh, that's, that'll direct them to more about yeah. uh, your you'll source. You'll see a tab where uh, this called Hosted by a Program. There's a global uh, logo of a globe. And you can figure out and you will fill a form as a registration. It's a one-time incentive for you. So if you are coming first time with us, you might have come to India. We don't care. It is first time with, with us. You will get an incentive. So if you're coming back again and you would like to, to be on our platform, then we don't offer this to you. But yes, all the first timers who are coming on the Federation website and they would like to explore India. Uh, that is all, all are welcome. And and just to add to your conversation, uh, when Amy Wies was here, we had a toy fair. I primarily had this notion as a sourcing agent that we are not good in toys, uh, as, as competitive as China, and which is somewhere right. But Amy proved me wrong in almost five of the exhibitors. That Lokesh, if this guy is selling at this price and this product is export quality right now, she saw. She made me saw on her phone the kind of peop, the prices people are selling on Amazon, like nine to ten times of the margin people can make. Or there were a couple of drop shipping options which, which she proved on the right on the floor with me. Lokesh, if you want to do this business right now, I can tell you you can make a million in only drop shipping this product. So in that sense, I was also educated of how a right factory can be actually found out in India as well. Since you are an e-commerce seller, you know your maths. Lakeisha, I really appreciate you coming on today and, and, and sharing all this stuff about India and opening some people's eyes to what some of the opportunities and stuff are. It's uh, been great uh, chatting with you. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much, uh, Kevin, for hosting me today. And, and yes, we, I'm up for all the cigars with you and Norm. All right, let's do it. I'm uh, on that, that ship. It's going to be every night. Cigar, cigar, yes. cigar, cigar. Yes. Sometimes it might be a three-cigar night. You, you got it. That's a deal. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you so much. Great stuff from Lokesh there about sourcing in India. I think it's a great opportunity. In fact, I've just moved some of my sourcing over to India. I had the guys over at Zignify. You might remember Sebastian from an earlier episode of the MPM podcast back in August. I had him on, and they did a bunch of uh, sourcing for me, and some of that was in China, some of that was in Vietnam, and some of that was in India. And India was the best quality and the best price by almost half. And so I'm actually manufacturing some stuff in India now. So take a look at India and consider uh, Lokesh's trip. Uh, it could be a, a pretty awesome opportunity for you. We'll be back again next week with another great episode. Also sign up for the Billion Dollar Sellers newsletter, billiondollarsellers.com. Today's words of wisdom before I let you go. If you feel behind, it's only because you're comparing yourself to where others are. If you feel behind, it's only because you're comparing yourself to where others are. See you next week.